Welcome to the Loss and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. What is up, team? Welcome back. Chaz, what is going on, dude? Good to be talking to you again. Long time no talk, Jeremiah. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> have, you, have you ever worn a weight vest or like used it during a fat loss phase? A weight loss vest? No, I have not, but... um. I've been weight looking vest. at, yeah, I've been looking, what did I just say? Did I say a weight loss vest? Yeah, yeah we're on the same page though. No, <laughs> I meant weighted vest, uh, but no, I've never actually used one, but I've heavily thought about getting one. I just never actually did it. Actually, I think I went to buy one probably last year and the one that I wanted was like 250 bucks or something that was decently expensive. I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to pay that much for it. So I didn't end up getting it, but I'm sure I could go on to like Amazon or somewhere there and get it for, for way cheaper. But no, I haven't used one. Why do you ask? Um, I, I just saw my mind. We, cause like I'm in my fat loss phase, I'm like 15 pounds down. And I noticed that when I just had, I did my check-in with Steve this morning. I noticed when he sent his response, he was like wearing a weight vest. Right. Really? And there's like the, well, so much of like metabolic adaptation is basically your body. You're moving a smaller body and thus, your body needs fewer calories mm-hmm. to stay alive, right? Your body needs fewer calories to move you through space. So, like, there is, like, interesting, like, was it Eric Trexler? James Krieger did a review, but I almost, I don't know if that's actually accurate. I know James Krieger, like, did a case study with a bodybuilder. I don't think it was Eric Trexler, actually, but, like, he did a case study with a bodybuilder where they were, like, every bit of weight that he they lost, they would, like, replace with, like a weighted vest weight, mm-hmm. um, like in getting ready for a contest and like very much like the degree of metabolic adaptation or the downregulation of metabolism was much smaller, which makes sense, right? Because you're basically telling your body like, Hey, we haven't lost any weight. Now, of course, like that is, there are some, there, but it's a super interesting concept. Anyways, I was just, I was just, and then I saw an Instagram post of like him talking to the weighted vest thing. And I, I was thinking I was going to cop one of those, but any, anyways, I was just, I was just curious because I know it's like, I mean, it makes sense. I was just curious if you had any experience with it. Yeah, no, I, I haven't had any experience with it, but I haven't even asked you about your fat loss phase. How's that been going so far? How far are you into it now? Is it probably a couple months or no? I just wrapped up week six. So I'm starting week seven. It's going well, man. I'm down 15 pounds, starting to feel leaner for sure. I hold like a lot of that. It goes to my glutes. <laughs> That's like one of the biggest areas. Hey. So like, <laughs> so like uh definitely i feel like as a whole i feel leaner i feel a lot better bro honestly i feel like for me like once we got too far above 220 it was getting to the point where i was like okay i'm just getting winded quicker like my training isn't quite as productive whereas so started at 232 up 217 the last couple mornings for me weight loss seems like very much like it's always like okay for a week i'll be at more or less like weirdly similar weight like last week it was 219.3 for like five days straight. Then I see a two pound drop and now it's 217.4 and I'll stay there for like straight up like a week and then another two pound drop. And that's more or less how it's been. But again, like started at 232, um, 217. Now it's been good. Like I'm not, I'm not hungry. 
Um, which I mean, still like I had a decent, go ahead. How much are you eating? 2000 to 2100 calories. So hello. Yeah. yeah. That's the interesting thing too, man. It's like how much of your hunger is tied to your body fat. Like I was thinking about this the other day. So like getting ready for my first photo shoot, um, I was, I never got below 2,500 calories, but the thing is I got all the way down to 185, right? 2,500 calories. Yeah. I was just super consistently like, (laughs) and it took nine months, but I was so fucking hungry. Like I was thinking about like there, I remember like the last like month before just literally eating spoonfuls of mustard because muscle mustard is zero calories. <laughs> <laughs> just like, dude, I'm, I that was is disgusting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I actually love mustard. dude. I would, I would do that right now. Oh, ketchup funny. and mustard are both my shit. I love ketchup so much also. But anyways, like literally just like eating spoonfuls of mustard or like, I would just like go through a pack of gum a day. Yeah. I, I, so I do a lot of gum. <laughs> and that shit would also make you just so bloated. But, um, it's, it's weird to like though. I mean, then I was eating a lot more than I am now, but it, again, it's just like so much of it is tied to you, right? Like leptin levels are very much yeah, tied to say hormone fat level. cells, right? Because like your fat cells, as they shrink again, they're going to put out less and less leptin. So that's, that it is interesting how like eating less food it's because I, I think people oftentimes think that it's like the degree of the deficit, but also so much of that is tied to like similar to the reverse dieting. Like if you're shredded, even if you are eating shit on the calories, you're probably still going to feel like shit, right? Like mm-hmm. your body fat is one of the biggest things that, that regulates that. So no, man, it's been going well. Um, I know for me, like once I get below two fifteen, that's really where like my torso will start to lean out a lot more. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for like the next what 10 to 15 pounds i i know for sure we're not gonna go below 200 but i'd also like to get between like 202 and 205 again just so i have a super long runway to like spend the next year building yeah um so no dude it's it's going well um pretty sure i'm gonna cop a weight vest now that we have this conversation uh but yeah it's, it's been good man did you um did you guys set like a, a time frame for the diet or is it just more of like on an intuitive manner, like you're just going to get leaner and then you're going to decide from there when you're going to reverse back up or do you have an exact time frame of how long it's going to last? Yeah, he laid out 10 weeks. So again, I'm about to start week seven. So I basically have a month left. Um, I would say though, also we'll probably, we've all already discussed like, hey, could I potentially push this a little bit longer? Because again, like I don't want to get it lean enough to where like I feel like shit and training is hurting, but also like, it's not necessarily even about getting lean, but again, like if I'm cutting, I would rather like, Hey, let's do this another two weeks. And that buys me like another three months of building mm-hmm. versus like, okay, well I have to cut again in like eight months, nine months. Right. Like I would rather, rather kind of get to that point where, okay, I don't want to get too much leaner than this because then, I'll, then it's going to like, I'm going to have to regain fat just to get back to productive training. But I want to get like relatively close to that point, just again, to give myself a longer runway. So we have discussed that. Also, like my my rate of loss is a little bit ahead of schedule. I think, um, I think he was predicting like two pounds per week, and I'm like right at like two and a half. Um, so, but yeah, ten weeks was the original goal. I would say probably it'll spread. Out. I would guess it'll be twelve weeks all in all. Um, but yeah, man, it's that's more or less what we laid out with Gen Pomp clients that you work with. Like, let's say somebody comes to you that has. Um, 
30 to 50 pounds to lose mm-hmm. for that type of client. When like you're setting up their welcome packet and getting them started and setting up their guidelines, are you setting up very specific timeframes um, for their periodization model still with that type of person? Or are you taking that on more of um, an intuitive manner and just like explaining the different phases and we'll kind of play by ear how long those phases are going to go depending on how you respond and where adherence is at, or are you like laying it out very specifically for them from the start? I set up specific timeframes like, hey, by this date, I'm expecting to be about this way. This is like the rate of loss that we want to see. Um, I always tell people to like keep in mind that none of this is set in stone. Mm-hmm. Like we can, we, you're human, things come up. Also realize like when we're talking about rate of loss, I'm talking about body fat loss, but also if you're building muscle during this process, we won't necessarily see that reflected in the scale. So of course, like we're also looking at body measurements how progress pictures are changing, et cetera. But uh, I, I like to give people an idea of like the next six months. Like we, I like to just have it. It's part of our tracker where like right next to like where you log your daily macro steps, et cetera. You can see like, okay, with our training, this is like what block we're in. Like it's a hypertrophy block, it's a strength block, it's a metabolite block for the week. With my nutrition, like this is what block I'm in. Like this is my desire rate of loss for the week, et cetera. I, I just like to be able to lay all that stuff out. So typically we do, but again, like I'll tell people, some people it follows it beautifully, right? But mm-hmm. some people it doesn't at all. Like sometimes, like, as you said, like, hey, like this week adherence was poor because like whatever, my mom was in the hospital. I'm like, absolutely. Like that's that's okay, right? Yeah. And again, so I always like have that, yo, you're human, like things come up same thing with our macros like this is like my best estimate of where you need to start but first i want to see like we need to see week of how your body actually responds to this but again like because i want you to be able to see the path ahead like here's my as of now like here's the roadmap for the next six months is typically what i'll do does that make sense yeah i do the exact same thing i i lay it out for every single person so like when they come in to work with us we give people the option to work with us on a three-month agreement or else we'll give you a discount if you just want to commit to an entire six months right up front but Mm -hmm. regardless of what the client signs up for three or six months i always lay out a time a time frame of like a 24-week nutritional periodization scheme to get them to where they're wherever they're wanting to get and then like laying out um specific diet breaks that might come up along the way and like um when we should be looking to start the reverse process if if it's somebody going through a um a fat loss phase or whatever it may be so i do the same thing but like you said some people it works out perfectly and some people are even ahead of schedule but a lot of the times like you end up having to auto regulate that and and get a little bit more intuitive with it as you get down the road because everybody responds in a little bit of a different way and depending on how biofeedback's coming back some people's biofeedback gets poor a lot faster compared to some other people like everybody's just so different that you don't truly like you can set up the guidelines but at the end of the day like you don't know truly what's about to happen until you can start creating um data along their their check-ins and whatnot and seeing where their genetics lie on the totem pole as well as just adherence and lifestyle and all that sort of stuff and that's the thing about coaching too is like no matter what you can't perfectly predict it and if we could just create this like the model like that and it worked perfectly for everyone we wouldn't need coaches right like everyone it could literally just be an app that would like like i could literally make that into like an excel formula and like we could like okay like here's when you'll be here here's when you'll be here like you could scale that a lot faster (laughs) business wise (laughs) but that's a great point. Um, but like, regardless, like that's why, because there is so mm-hmm. much variability person to person. And I will say also like one thing that I am a lot more cautious of anymore is like, okay, 
you should be this way by this point, this way by this point, this way by this point. Because like I've had clients too, like more common in women than men is like water retention to where like, okay, yeah, we know for sure. Like I think I think of one client especially who um she was fucking crushing it with her inches lost, her clothes were fitting her way different. But again, like I'm not losing weight as quickly as I expected. But we know like we knew her body was changing like crazy. But again, like some people that can be like such a mindfuck that it is hard to, even though like, hey, yo, like the result you came here for is for your body to change. Your body is very clearly changing a ton, right? Um, and then like for her, she saw a massive whoosh in water, which eh, is still somewhat of a hard thing to explain. And yes. I, it's also like frustrating, I know, for some, which is also like why we have people take body measurements and progress pictures as well, right? But um i think that's one of like okay i expect to be this way by this point this way by this point is something that i've done less but rather like hey this is the percentage of body weight lost per week because it, it is just like where your weight will actually end up is such an individual thing depending on like how much muscle you're capable of putting on so on and so forth yeah i agree 100 there's just so much nuance at the end of the day that i've done the same thing i started out being very particular and have mm-hmm. found over the time like it's in my opinion, it's best just to give general guidelines and what we're going to be paying attention to on a weekly basis, like um, opposed to like biofeedback, hunger, stress, sleep, digestion, how all that's coming back, motivation levels. Um, and that will kind of help guide us. But this is in an ideal world. This is what we would see what would happen. But don't go into it with these exact expectations just because everybody is so different at the end of the day. Exactly. And that's I think that's something that bites a lot of coaches is we mean it too much to like okay we're just gonna see how things like we're just gonna go by feel we'll figure it out right or like like the like trainer the in-person trainer that you show up and like they're making up your program as you go like day to day right like it's i think that that comes back to bite people a lot and i think it is it is very helpful even from like a buy-in perspective like i don't know about you but i would say like at least half of the people that help aboard with us have worked with a coach or two in the past and had a bad experience. Right. Yeah. And I think that, so like for many people being able to see like, okay, there's actually a plan in place. Like this is very structured. I can actually see how I can get from where I'm at to where I want to be. That in of itself is like such a powerful thing. But again, also like understanding like, yes, I'm human. Things come up. So it might not be like, this is me perfectly. Like I'm in a, a linear progression across this time frame, but like understanding that, there is a plan in place. This is what we're making adjustments around, et cetera. I think it's still like a powerful thing for people. I agree 100%. just gives you the the blueprint um, to go out and execute on. And then as feedback comes back, um, you adjust the blueprint along the way. But I, I agree 100% in terms of buy-in and giving people structure. If, if they're going to pay you, if they're going to invest in them to themselves, the least that you can do is set up the blueprint to show them how you're going to go from A to Z at the end of the day, right? I think that that's very, very important. So. So, yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree anymore. Dope, dude. You want to get into these questions? Sure. All right, homie. Um, we have, from last time, your recommended mesocycle or duration slash ranges. So, basically saying recommended length for fat loss, muscle building, and maintaining phases. Take it away. Yeah, so this there's a lot of variability to this question because from my perspective, and I know Jeremiah is going to be the same, is – where are you currently at with your body composition and where are you trying to go? And inside of that is going to depend where you should start 
and like w- how you should phase in your fat loss phases, how you should phase in your muscle building phases, um, and how you should phase in your maintenance phases at the end of the day, right? And so, how should we break this one down? Should we break it down by like talking about like taking a specific individual, like maybe like an obese individual or somebody overweight, and then talking about somebody who's skinny, um, and then like how you would phase it out for them and and do it that way, like to give it a little bit more um, like of a, a structure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Let's start with like for an obese individual, I would say it'd be easiest to like give an example for an obese individual and then like someone who's like skinny or skinny fat and wants to get jacked. Right. Okay. So we'll start with somebody, let's say that somebody has got, um, 50 pounds or so to lose right off of this, right off of the top. So, um, what I would do with an individual like this, and it's very, very typical. I get a lot of people in a very similar situation, like have, let's say 30 to 50 pounds of, of weight that they need to get off. So with this type of person, what we're going to do right from the very get is again, this is going to kind of talk about what we t- I'm just going to lay out a blueprint, which we were just talking about. Um, so what I would do with this type of person is first, and I, I know that you're very similar is start them out with a quote unquote primer phase to where really like, a lot of people are going to want to tell you to use a calculation and like, this is the calculation and this is exactly where your maintenance level is because this is what the calculation says, right? I just did a post about this yesterday, actually, where it's not only about your, your weight, your height, your gender, that's going to tell you how many calories that your body burns in a day, your, your dieting history, um, where your hormones are currently at, all of these things play as much of a role as your weight and your height at the end of the day, right? So like, you're not going to be able to use that calorie calculator. It's going to tell you your exact maintenance. You got something to say? Yeah, just on a different topic, what I would say too is like, I would be wary, realize that like, like that's such a good, so just because this is something that's on my mind. So we had a client last week, we had a client sign up and then the next day canceled because we wouldn't give her like a starting prescription until we had seen like, hey, these are your phallus macros right out of the gate. So what I would say is like, what you said there is so important. And that's like, okay, like if you're not willing to do this, like, we're not a good fit to work together. That's like such an important thing to you are. Everyone is so much different with like knee levels, getting like their hormones, mm-hmm. all these things that like someone that is like, okay, Hey, we hopped on this call 15 minutes ago. Here's your, here's the macros that you need to get the result that you want. That person doesn't actually know that. Right. Like it's very much like, <laughs> this is why nutrition is so in depth needs to get, it needs to be individualized because that is such a different, like even a starting place for so many people. And that's like for us, a hundred percent, something we're willing to stick to our guns too, as well. Like, mm-hmm. because we just can't bullshit you and say, we know what's best for you and your health without actually having seen like at least a couple days worth of a food diary, for example. Exactly. Um, no, <laughs> I think that's important. I think that that's super important, but like, so what I'll do in that case, honestly, is I don't, this is where we we differ just a little bit is I don't say like, I need to see a food diary from you for the next, uh, for the last, however long or for the next week. What I do is I'll take what I would be considered like a, a healthy maintenance range for mm-hmm. that individual, right? Like just from my intuition with working with literally hundreds of metabolisms over the year, I have a, for your situation, you're like, just where you're currently sitting, I have a pretty good understanding of where like the average metabolism should be at for your situation. Right. right? And so that's what I'll prescribe in the first week is that, and I'll call it a primer phase. I don't say we're not aiming for fat loss here. We're not aiming for anything, but for you to get consistent on these numbers so that I can just see how your metabolism responds over a, a one to two week period. Typically a lot of times within a week, I can see how the metabolism responds. Right. And I have a good idea of, of where I need to go from there. Sometimes, um, like if adherence is an issue, it's going to take a few more weeks from there. So that's where right. I'll start. If, 
um, I put them at a place to where I feel like is is a a place to where their metabolism str- responds strongly and and they're maintaining for a week or two on a, a healthy range of calories that I would deem their maintenance level. Then we're in a really good position and we'll set them up for roughly like an <clears throat> an eighteen to again this is we're talking about a more obese individual right that has a, a healthier metabolism. I'm going to set them up with somewhere between like a eighteen to twenty two week deficit that's going to have. Um, one to two, this is where like, I keep it within ranges and explain to the client that like, I'm not going to set up your diet break to be on this exact day. If you want that, we can do that. But more, but more so I'm going to tell you like what we have in our back pocket to throw in when hunger levels get out of control or stress levels get out out of control. And we'll plan in these, um, most likely one to two week diet breaks in the middle of that 18 to 22 week deficit phase before we're going to take a longer period at, um, a maintenance level of calories, which is usually going to like, we're going to be aiming for again, around 0.5 to 1% of total body weight loss per week on average. Um, which throughout that time frame is probably going to be somewhere between, like 15 to 30 pounds. Hopefully we're somewhere right in the middle of that for the majority of people. Um, so that's how I would set that up from the start is simple is simply going from a primer to get a really good understanding where your maintenance level is at as after we get a couple weeks of data there, then we're going to plan in an 18 to 22 week diet, uh, diet periods where we're in a deficit with one to two diet breaks that are probably around like three to seven days long in each of those, um, that we'll throw in when we need to. Ideally we could just use one right in the middle to get through that 18 to 20 week period. Uh, 22 week period. And then from there, what we're going to do is go through a proper reverse phase to get you back up to at the end of that, get you back up to um, a maintenance level or see if we can push your maintenance up even a little bit higher and recover your hunger hormones and give yourself um, at least at least like a six to 12 week period of just sitting more around a maintenance level. Um, bef- and then from there, we can make a decision if you want to go back into another deficit in the future, or if you're at a point to where you made really good progress. And at this point, a lot of people are like, I've learned how to go through this process with you. I feel like I can I can take these tools that you've given me and I can go off and do this on my own. Or some people just really like the accountability and having a me in their back corner to be able to look at things from a non-biased perspective and we'll continue along with that process. But typically for somebody that weighs more, um, like I said, we'll go through that 18 to 22 week diet period. And then let's say they have more weight to lose in the future. Well, most likely they're not going to need another 18 to 22 week deficit, right? Then it comes down to like more like a six to 12 week deficit to finish it off or whatever it it would be. So typically the first diet, I'll always do the longer duration. And then Mm -hmm. if they have more diets to do in the future to get to desired levels of uh, body fat levels, those end up being shorter with time. So that's not like giving the perfect numbers, but that's giving you like the back end of my brain of what I'm thinking about when setting somebody's phases up um, in terms of going through fat loss over the long term. And that's the thing also like realize like when we're talking about like timing the diet breaks, et cetera, like someone should have also depend on like, Hey, initially on the call, you said that you have this vacation here and you're mm-hmm. traveling to go with your family. Like a lot of times we'll set up diet breaks and things around that also. It's very much like lifestyle periodization or to match your lifestyle yeah. right? rather than like, okay, it's week six. We have to do this like at this time. And that's something that I say as well. It's like what I've done more and more as of late is rather than doing like, because for the longest time it was okay every eight to 12 weeks we're going to take a two-week diet break right like for most people that's a good rule of thumb mm-hmm. i've shifted a lot more lately too especially from like the research that jackson pios has done um and kind of hearing it like him talking about how he sets this up along with like some of the things that i've done with steve it's i've started more and more like okay first four to six weeks we're going to be a little bit more aggressive right that's when buy-in is the highest you have the most body fat 
that's like people are super fired up right out of the gate. Like I'm motivated. I have more body fat. So like as we referred to earlier, hunger is probably going to be lower. So it makes sense for us to like push a little bit harder. And then typically within the first like four to six weeks, we're going to take, like you said, a three to seven day diet break. I've been trying if possible to like, if they're running a five week or like six week mesocycle, six week being a deload, if possible, align that diet break with it works out well align that diet break with their final week of accumulation which will also be like if they're doing training and nutrition with me that which will also be like their hardest week of training um so thus they have a little bit more energy and basically they feel better to push harder during that week as well but um i've been doing more and more like rather than like we have this big ass two-week diet break again like four to seven days every approximately six weeks so from a, and again, this depends on the client because also if it's someone like we come to that and the client's like, I'll, I'll tell the client like, Hey, we have one more week of the deficit. And then next week you have coming up this diet break. How are you feeling? Are you feeling motivated? Like if we absolutely don't have to take this, if you're fired up, you're ready to keep pushing through it. But on the flip side, like if you're feeling like this is needed, then we for sure want to take this, right? Like if you needed a little bit of time away. And I would say it's honestly probably like 70, 30, 70% of people take that. Mm-hmm. And at 30% are like, I really just want to keep pushing. But like that in of itself, I, I like the way that we can frame it as, hey, this is a hard push for like four weeks. Then you have like this time of maintenance, right? So just be on point for the next, like I think that breaking it into smaller chunks like that and then like, okay, we're going to rinse and repeat for the next four or five weeks, another push. And then you have a diet break. And then like very similar to what you said, I would say that that is typically now, I would say for most clients hop on board with us, like more fat loss focused, really it's more often than not, hey, we have about maybe 10 to 15 pounds of fat to lose. And then like primarily from there, if and if we're starting off in a fat loss phase, then primarily, primarily from there, you just need to start building more muscle. And that's the thing that's going to help you achieve the phys- physique that you want. So mm-hmm. it's somewhat of a different scenario, but typically I would say like that's typically we go through like, I would say most commonly it's three cycles of that. Like let's say 16 weeks total, 13 of that is dieting, three weeks are at maintenance. And then like, we're going to enter a building phase. But like for someone like you said, with like 30 to 50 pounds to lose, I think which, what you said is like exactly what we do. Okay. Every probably six to eight months we're going to want to take a longer i typically i say at least a month where we're at maintenance and we're kind of practicing the skill of maintenance right so you know one your body just gets used to this like you said we can take some time for hunger hormones to reduce and that is where like in longer context for like all these physiological things that's where diet break is going to be super useful Mm -hmm. and then like at the end of the fat loss phase i I think again i always say two to three months so like that six to twelve week at least like especially for an individual that's lost like 30 to 50 pounds. It's not like the reality is they probably lost at least 20 to 30 of that before. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like not losing it is the problem. Like the hardest part of the diet for most people is actually after the diet when you have to keep that shit off. Like that's what people have trouble with. So we need to be just as serious about this as the diet. And again, like take two to three months to like, we're literally just focusing on making sure you understand the skill of, maintaining right like what does your lifestyle need to look like you know how to make restaurants work like and that's like a, i'll tell people like if you see yourself afterward on working together like going out twice a week with your friends okay let's start that right now so we can pr- like practice this like all these yeah. little things like that are crazy important so i think you hit the nail on that as far as fat loss goes man um i don't know if i have anything else to add to that 
I would say like maintenance is very much, again, it kind of, it depends, right? Like uh, I think that the more weight you've lost, the more important it is. Um, so you can't like put once, and I know we talked about this before, that you can't put like everyone should spend X amount of time at maintenance. Um, I think it's a lot more important for like for an individual who's always had trouble staying lean. It's a lot more important to spend more time at maintenance and practice all these things within your lifestyle and like get your body used to this being your new normal versus like, okay, I'm super skinny. I've never been able to put on muscle. Okay. You probably don't like for you. Maintenance isn't necessarily the thing that's missing. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? No, I, I agree with that 100%. I think that's a perfect segue into we said that we were going to do one um, on like the fat loss side of things and then we were going to do one on the building side of things. And so I started the last one. You start this one. Let's take into that. Let's take that scenario cool. into case. Somebody who's relatively skinny um, or you could say the quote unquote, the, the popular word these days, especially on TikTok is skinny fat. <laughs> so I take somebody, oh yeah, everybody. I don't know what you kids are talking about. On everybody talks about that, all the cool kids anyway. So let's talk about that. Like somebody who's, I guess you could say quote unquote, a little bit skinny fat who needs to put on some muscle, maybe has a little bit of body fat that they would potentially like to lose too, but their main focus is um, like at the end being bigger, leaner, stronger, and more confident that way. How would you go about that? So I would say in general, like the approach to that is we want to spend as much time as we can in a surplus and as little time at maintenance or in a deficit as needed. So really, because again, like for the skinny, quote unquote, skinny fat individual, they might have like five to 10 pounds of fat to lose, but probably not much more than that, right? Mm -hmm. Where So typically, and I'll kind of get a feel for where the person is coming from. If like, I think it's going to mess with their head out of the gate to like push them into a building phase. Okay. Like let's run through a quick, like six week fat loss phase, like drop five to 10 pounds. And then by that point, you really won't have much more to lose. We just need to focus on building, right? Like that's the biggest thing that you're missing. Um, But I would say for most people, then it's going to be like, okay, this is the desired rate of gain that we want to see you hit about 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight per week. Um, and extrapolate that over like a month because realize also like most people will gain weight in chunks. Um, but we want to be in a surplus, right? Like muscle is a calorically expensive tissue. If you're not consistently sending your body the signal, the plenty of calories are available. Your body isn't going to prioritize building muscle. Now again, like we can look at all the examples of like body recomposition. You can, you can absolutely build muscle and lose fat at the same time. But then like for this individual specifically, we should ask, because the reality is that's probably what they've been trying to do for a long ass time already. So we would ask like, okay, so how's that working for you, right? Like you are probably the person that does need to spend dedicated time building. So from there, it's basically, okay, we want to estimate about, we want to establish your maintenance again. We'll have people do a food log for at least a couple days. Um, and then out of the gate, we're looking at all these metrics, like, okay, we want hunger to typically be low, like a two or less, very consistently two out of five, five being high. Um, we want to very consistently see your training performance, good, your recovery, good. And then within your training, we want to see you, um, getting stronger in five to 30 rep range over time, right? Like those are the main metrics we're adjusting it around. And then also we do want to typically see weight training up. Now, the exception to that is like some individuals we will see like, okay, Hunger is low. You're in a good place here. Training performance is great. Um, 
weight isn't up, but like from your progress pictures, we can't actually see, okay, now we are kind of creating a recomp effect. You're consistently getting a lot stronger, but like at the first sign, so like, hey, we don't necessarily need to bump calories up just because we're not hitting this rate again, because we do see like hunger is super low. You're crushing into the gym, you're sleeping while all your biofeedback is good and you're clearly building muscle, right? Like we see your progress. I see your progression in your notes week to week. That's like, even in that case, that typically only goes on for about three to six months before it's like, okay, now we have to like just ramp this up more. But like in that case, um, that's not, that's a situation where I would say like, okay, we don't need to increase calories yet. But then we'll have the first sign of like, okay, you're not recovering super well. You're not, we're not seeing like biofeedback isn't quite as good. Okay. Let's bump calories. Um, but basically then what I would say there is anytime anyone's like, so again, if we're looking at a six week mesocycle, five weeks of accumulation. So basically five weeks of hard training that time we're in a surplus, um, trying to hit that desired rate again, again, like 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight. Deload weeks that typically will drop people to maintenance. Just we're not burning as many calories. Our body doesn't need as many calories for recovery. So that there, it makes sense. And then we'll get back to the surplus. And what I would say there is like really for as long as possible. Again, we want to try to stay in a slight surplus. Now, like the idea that there's an upper limit here from, have you kept up on like the P ratio discussion? Um, not a whole lot. No. Okay. So the P ratio or partitioning ratio is kind of this idea that below a certain percentage of body fat, more of the calories that we take in will be shuttled to fat versus building muscle, which of course makes sense, right? Like we need some body fat for health, very much in tune with everything else we talked about. But then like the thought before was like above a certain level of body fat, again, like our body's going to shuttle more calories to fast storage, less towards muscle. Now, more recently, that idea has kind of been disproven. There's not necessarily this upper limit of it. That said, like, still, I think most people hit a certain point where, like, hey, I just feel like shit with the amount of body fat that I have, whether it's, like, I just, like, don't feel comfortable like this. Like, I feel self-conscious and, like, this is really messing with me mentally. Or, like, like I was saying, I don't remember if that was on the last episode we recorded of this one. Like, okay, I'm just feeling winded. Like, pumps aren't as good. Training doesn't just – training just doesn't feel as good as when I was a bit leaner. There's kind of an upper limit to it there. I would say for most people, like I would say for most guys, like staying between 10 to 17 percent. I mean, we could say like all the way up to 20, but I would say most dudes like once they get too far fast, like 15 to 17 percent start to feel pretty uncomfortable. And we could add like eight to 10 percent. I would say we could add about 8 percent of that number to women. So I I think like. Really, once we start to push that, then it makes sense to go back into a deficit, typically go through like a quick four to six week mini cut, clean things up. And again, like if we feel like by this point, you don't have the amount of mass that you want to get to like your desired physique. Okay, we want to get you back to productive time building ASAP, right? So again, like more calories as soon as we can. But typically like in a, in a four to six week mini cut, we can typically lose like Hmm, I would say about 5% of body weight and that be almost entirely fat because we're not going to lose muscle in like four to six week cut. Once we get to longer timeframes, that's more likely. But um, from there, then again, like get back to a building phase. And I would say after like one to two mini cuts, typically it comes to the point where kind of like I'm doing now, okay, we need to like actually take a prolonged period of time, maybe eight to 12 weeks 
to lose like let's say 10 to 12 percent of your overall body fat gets you back to the point where you're pretty damn lean then we'll re we'll like reassess okay now you're as lean as you were when you started this process you definitely added a lot more muscle from here like do you want to add more muscle or do you want to maintain or do you want to get more shredded right and that's where again it's like kind of like we could take it the other way like does the person that lost all that weight do they ever need to spend time in a surplus not necessarily unless like after their fat loss journey they want to go to a like they want to build more muscle and they have goals of like getting way more jacked right on the flip side like with this person we could say like if you get to that point and it's hey i feel great we've been doing this for a year now i don't necessarily want to get any leaner I also don't necessarily want to add more muscle. Okay, cool. Like you can stay at maintenance for as long as you want, right? And just focus on maintaining that. But yeah, I think I think that's what I have on that. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, did you crush that one? What one question that I do have um, that I think will give that a little bit more context too is you've gone through this exact scenario yourself, right? And mm-hmm. how, how long have you been working with Steve? We just passed a year. Past a year. So um so you started break down your timeline for what it looked like for yourself. Absolutely. And I think that will give people like, cause you went into all of the nuance and explained it really well. Now just give mm-hmm. it some context in terms of what that looked like in your situation in the last while. Yeah, I think sure. that will help. No, I love that question. So again, I started May. It was like the first week of May of 2020. 2020. Yes, sir. Um, I was two five. Let's see, from May to October, I went, again, we were hitting right around this prescribed rate of gain, 0.5 to 1% of body weight per week. So from May until it was the first mastermind or the first time we were in Seattle together. October. Um, that was like the first week of my mini cut. I remember, uh, I remember you were sitting there, you were drinking Diet Coke at dinner and we were all, bro, uh, we were I all love Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> um, fun stuff. Uh but from May to October, I believe I went from 205 to 220. So what, that's May, June, July, August, September, October. So six months, gained about 15 pounds. So a little bit over two pounds per month there, which again, being over 200, that's right around the rate of gain that we wanted. Um, mini cut, I believe I went from, I was in the 220s to 212 in four weeks. From there... Um, then hopped back into building and let's see, it was, I said, I just finished week six. So it must've been from, so from then what the mini cut must've ended like early November, mid November, something like that. Um, from then until what the start of April, I was once again, building again, trying to gain 0.5 to 1% of body weight or 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight per week. Um, and then maintenance every six week. Do the do the do the deloads, um, and then again, like April started a longer cut, um, and again, like the goal, my goal is basically to get back to two hundred five and see how much different my physique looks now than it did then. And I can already tell, like currently, I'm two seventeen, and it looks a, I look a lot different. I look a lot leaner than last time I was like around two seventeen, or like when I was two fifteen. Like, and it's been quite a while, but like last time I was here, like in a cut, it's I look quite a bit different, right? So I can already tell that like when I get there, I'll have built a decent amount of muscle. Um, but yeah, and that's basically like, and from there, like once I get to about 200 to 205, I definitely still want to get more jacked. So once again, it'll be like, all right, let's enter a building phase. And then like, it's kind of like as needed and a building, if the, your goal is to build a lot of muscle and you're like, 
I want to get way, way more act over the next couple of years, then very much I would kind of look at it as, as we want to spend as much time as possible on a slight surplus and then kind of fat loss is kind of just something as needed to where like when we get to the point where, okay, this is probably no longer productive because you feel like shit or like on the flip side of like for you to cut back down to a point where you just have to, it's like a significant amount of weight to get back to a point where you just feel comfortable. Like we don't want to get that far away from it. So we're never like gaining a huge amount of fat. But again, to speak to all that, like in, in what six full weeks again, like I've lost 15 of that 25 pounds that I gained. Right. So if I like spent this last year, let's say I didn't gain any weight because I was scared to go in a surplus then really I would have basically just spun my wheels. Whereas very much like, okay, I can lose like after 50 new productive weeks of building, I can lose any excess fat that I put on in like eight to 10 weeks. Right. So it's not a big deal. Um, Such a structured way to think about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like it really is. It, it lays it out and like keeps you in power basically of your body composition over the long term. Because like, even with me, man, thinking about like my building phase, I've been babying the process of gaining because I know what I've always looked like at 190 and I don't want to get to 190. (laughs) And so like, I'm, I'm probably being less productive with what I'm doing because I'm trying to go at it too slow because I don't have the structure in place because I'm again, though, like, I think everybody's different because like, it depends on how important that your fitness is to you and what you're doing it for. Like what's the end game for you? It's to be like the most jacked and the most shredded that you possibly can be. Because I know that you're talking, we were talking on the show a while back, like you're in a position to where you would like, you're very structured with this because you absolutely love the process of over the long term and it adds to your life. And you want to hop on a bodybuilding show, like at the end of this whole thing, um, in your best physique yet. Like, and then there's the type of guy like me who like I'm using training as more of like, it's a, it's a mental cope. It's something that I really enjoy to do. And I just want to look right. good in the long term. Um, as opposed to you, like it's very, very structured. Do you know what I mean? And like, you know, exactly where you're going with yeah. it. It's just two totally different thoughts, train trains of thoughts with it. Um, when I was younger, I was very much more that way. And like, for some reason, as I've gotten older, like honestly, my fitness just hasn't been quite as much of a priority. It's something that I just keep around, like, because I know, the repercussions of not having it around. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's just interesting to hear, but it's super cool. like to hear where your journey's at and how, cause you're super dedicated to it, man. Like you're one of the, honestly out of everybody that I know, you're one of the most dedicated to like the craft of just your own journey. And it's cool to see how much that correlates into like into your business and to how you coach and to how you do it. Cause you're, you're truly, living what you're preaching with the people that you're working with too, which is super cool. Thank you, man. That means a lot. And the, the, the thing too, like, that's a good point you made is like, what, what I laid out is very structured. And it's also very like, if you can look at all this very logically. Right. But the thing is also like, I, I was like, for me, dieting is an easy thing mm-hmm. to an extent. It hasn't always been like that. Like it took a long time for me to like, quote unquote, get good at dieting. I hate but it. Right. And now but like it's not fun. Yeah. But now the thing is like I'm not like fuck, like I'm missing out on the social event, the yeah. social event. Damn it, like I hate this shit. It's very much like cool. I'm seeing myself get leaner. Like I don't have like a I can very much look at it logically, like I don't and I'm by no means like I'm very much like what food means, what all these things mean 
is so much different to so many people. But, but like you said, like, okay, like on the mini cut, like I'm just sitting there drinking a Diet Coke while you guys are eating Mexican food. Like that doesn't – like to me, it's like I, I don't really care. Like You kind of get off I mean? on it. Like you're you're hitting a goal. Like for you yeah. – like maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but for you, it's – you don't see it as sacrificing because to you, like the, the bodybuilding side of things, the, the goal oriented type of person you are, that's more important to you. Like in the right. long run, you'd rather be in the position of, of progressing through that weekend rather than in the position of like, Oh, I, I enjoy it in the short term, but I'm gonna have to pay for that a little bit more in the long term. Like you're just very right. structured and, and you know, you're very long-term goal oriented, which a lot of people have a hard time with. That's, we could do a whole podcast on that of like, I've talked a lot about that. Like the idea of so many people are caught up in the short-term reward that ends leads to the long-term sacrifice and like fitness and getting to where you want to be with your body composition ultimately comes down to accepting that you're gonna have to make a lot of short-term sacrifices that are going to lead to that long-term reward. And it's all about flipping that on top of its head. I have that conversation with so many clients on a weekly basis of just being mindful of that and realizing that the, the bit of inconvenience that you're taking in at the moment in the long run you're going to be have so much more self-respect for yourself, so much more direction, so much more fulfillment. Um, but in this little short term right now, it's going to feel like an inconvenience. But I promise you in the long term, it's going to be you're going to be in a way better position putting more, making more of those decisions opposed to the decisions that are short-term fulfillment that may lead to a little bit of long-term sacrifice. And there's a balance there for everybody. I think the biggest key is figuring out what's ultimately going to make you happiest in the long run and what that ratio needs to be in your life in terms of short-term reward or sacrifice for long-term reward or sacrifice and and just deciding what's going to keep you most fulfilled in the long-term, but yet not always have you only living for the future because if we do that, we can put ourselves in a bad position, in my opinion, as well. I've been, um, I've been very guilty of that before, where I Same. only live for the future, and, and my anxiety gets high, my mental health gets worse, and it's just all about like finding what's going to work in your individual situation for you, um, but at the same time, not have you in a in a position down the road to where um, you regret the decisions that you made, but also isn't going to keep you miserable in the short term either. And, and when you can really get to understand yourself and what you're doing, that's how you create that happiness and ultimately create what you want because you go into it with those right expectations of what it's going to actually, um, what it's going to include and what you're going to have to do to get to where you want to be. Absolute fire, dude. I couldn't agree more. That's like the single most important thing is being able to weigh short term versus long term because so much of like, literally I think getting in shape is basically putting aside immediate gratification for like what you want long-term. Like you said, I have the same conversation with clients all the time. Um, Again, though, I think it's like important to understand like you're not, and this is the same conversation with the clients. Like a lot of clients, it's not like, it's not, they don't want the same thing as I do. And that's okay. Right. Like it's very much like you said, you have to decide what's most important to you. That's I tell I think it's helpful for most clients to look at it through, I typically like say, okay, just ask yourself, how will you feel about this decision 24 hours from now? Specifically to like food here. I think this comes up with dieting a lot when I'm like, hey, this meal is going to push me over my macros. Should I or shouldn't I do this? Again, there's no right or wrong. Like sometimes it's like, okay, the person I want to be long-term is the person that doesn't fucking worry about it. And just like, I'm with my family right now. We're going to like enjoy this and take so much value from it. If that's you, that's fine. Like, but really like, so if you can like look 24 hours from now, I'll look back at this and be like, man, I'm glad I did that. Or on the flip side, like if I didn't eat that, fuck, I wish I would have just like been present. Not to say you can't track, I, that's another tangent, but not to say you can't track macros and be present because you absolutely can. But like 
thinking through that. But on the flip side, if it's like in 24 hours about from now, I'm going to feel shitty about this decision. Then it's again, like a good, it's a good at least sign that probably you're not doing the right thing for you specifically. And like, there's only right. I think there's only right or wrong with like, like us as coaches is never like, I'll never tell clients like, Oh, you did the wrong thing. Right. Like this was bad what you did, but rather like within the context of what you want to accomplish and like, what's your highest priorities? Like, does this align with that or no? I think it's important to understand, but yeah, man, I love it. Yeah. I think that's, that's a super important point to bring up too, is like whenever somebody, and even for myself or for a lot of clients I work with, whenever like there's a, they have a social occasion coming up or they're going on a vacation or it's a holiday, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, I, I, you always see the, the, and I've been guilty of this too, like posting on social media and just saying like, um, it's Thanksgiving or it's Christmas or it's your birthday. Macros don't count on this day. Like if you're counting, you're doing it wrong, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the day, like there's some merit to that. I, I understand completely where they're coming from. And I, I think that it's right for the most part. But at the end of the day, I think that you need to look, just as you said, look at the situation and think about how you're going to feel after that situation. Are you going to be happier when you get home from the vacation or after the holiday or after the social occasion? Will you be in a better position if you stuck to your numbers, uh, if you're tracking or whatever it is, and maybe sacrifice a little bit there? And will you feel better the next day if you just stuck to it and grinded through that time? Or will you be able to wake up um, that following day or after that vacation or whatever it is and be in a position to where, yeah, maybe you got off track a little bit, maybe you gained a little bit of weight, but you were able to fully enjoy that experience. And it's something you're going to be able to remember for the rest of your life. Um, right. what, where are you at in your life and what's most important to you? And that's always going to lead you to the right decision in that scenario. So exactly. I think that's a very important point to touch on. Oh yeah. And I think the biggest thing is most people just don't take the time to think through that. And that's yeah. like, one of the biggest things that I try to give clients is like awareness is like such a buzzword that people throw like, Hey, awareness around food, but really like it is a good way to put it. Like if you're thinking through these things, you're going to become, or you're going to be moving closer to the person that you want to be. Right. Like, it's just like, it's just not like something that's like natural for many people. Right. And that's like one of the biggest ways we can help people is making people aware of that. Um, I will say though on a different tan- on a different note, like less and less for a long time we would do like consistently like clients have one to two day just something else that I want to hear your thoughts on. Uh, for a long time we would have clients do like one to two repeat days per week. Less and less as of late have I been doing that, but rather like I think that in the past almost like two and this is something I've talked about a lot lately, but almost like too much flexibility both for me and for clients can like come back to bite you as well. Whereas more and more I've like tried to, cause I don't know if you have the same thing, but like I know I've worked with some clients where it's like, okay, we have six low days. Then you have this one like refeed day every week where you have maintenance. But I think that a lot of times that it very easily turns into like, okay, I'm eating a lot more flexible foods. And maybe it says it like went over 200 calories, but actually there are all these things that I didn't track accurately and I went a pretty good amount over and I've seen clients where like, okay, more or less, like you're spinning your wheels for a couple of weeks because like this one day that seems like it's pretty close to your maintenance intake is actually like stalling progress. Whereas like if it's okay, let's push hard for two to three weeks. Like the reality is maybe you are going to have to like cut it back to I'm only going to have a couple drinks per week. And like maybe 95% of your meals are made at home instead of like flexible dieting quite so hard but on the flip side the trade-off for this is like rather than like at its current rate your diet is going to take 20 to 30 weeks 
we can just get this shit done in 12 weeks and then you can get back to maintenance long term. You can have a lot more flexibility flexibility long term. I would say like being a little bit more rigid like that is actually a direction we've gone more towards recently. Does that make sense? No, it absolutely makes sense. Um, I would agree with that too. I think it's very and you know this and, and I know you think the exact same way. It's just on a very individual. I also, I always ask the question. It's, it's very individual, right? I always ask. Yeah. I always just ask the client, like, are you in a position to where would you benefit more? Like, do you feel like you would be able to be better on track if we gave you this one or two days out of the week to where calories are a little bit higher? Um, and then maybe on the other days, like calories are a little bit lower, or would you do better on just keeping all seven days at a flat number um, that creates mm-hmm. the same deficit on both sides? I don't ever like to do like create, let's say like a, a three to 500 um, caloric deficit and then just give one day at maintenance or two days at maintenance from there. Because for most people, you're not going to be in a big enough deficit to see considerable loss and it's going to take too long. Right. But like I will make the five or six days deeper um, and then the one day higher that still equals the same amount of calories as it would for just a form of calorie cycling, as you know. And for some people, I find that that works really well. Like I have one client who's a coach, Teddy, who um, has gotten considerably lean following that sort of a, a style. Like we've gone five really low days where we've had him digging at like 1,700, 1,800 calories. And then we'll go two days up around like twenty five to 2,600. And he's lost a decent amount, but he's had to, to dig them out. And those five days are definitely decently low. Right. But, um, it just works in his situation. And I can think of, like, you think of a guy, like, I, I know I bring him up a lot, but Paul Carter, have you seen the way that he diets ever? He has like massive cheat day, right? I don't know. Yeah. What that so he goes like, I mean, he goes like 12 to 1500 calories, six days out of the week. And then just does one like massive, like five to 7,000 calorie day. Um, and it works for him and he gets leaner and, and he says that he enjoys it. I, I don't see myself being able to do that, but, um, I, how much do you think he weighs? Oh man, like, he's, he's probably like at least he's probably between 220 to 250. I would imagine maybe a little bigger, like when he's lean, he's probably like 230 ish, but yeah, he, he literally like, you probably, you must not follow him then. Do you follow him? I do follow you do. I, so I, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say that um, his last cut that he went through, that's what he was following was he was literally like 1200 to 1500 calories, just lean meat and veggies for every single meal throughout the day. And then every Friday night he would post up and he would have like, like seriously, like a, a pan of lasagna and yeah. like donuts yeah. and cookies and ice cream or like a big old pizza and, and like lasagna what, or pasta, whatever it may be. And he, he's downing like five to 7,000 calories and not really tracking it in that meal, just completely satisfying himself and then completely depriving himself through the entire week. But he was able to sustain it. So he got leaner. So at the end of the day, like to wrap that whole tangent up on my end is, is I just think it's, it's very independent. If those Higher days are leading to two, three, four days of being higher, or um, you're not tracking it as accurately and you're looking at it, at it as free days and you're not making the progress, then you have to adjust it right up front and either pull that in or just switch back to more of a rigid where, where longer diet periods with maybe longer diet break periods instead of trying to incorporate the two together on a weekly basis. No, absolutely. Cool. I think, I think we're on the same page there. Um, I know you got to run here pretty quick, man. So let's go ahead and call it here, but sounds good, man. Uh, any closing comments? Nope. I appreciate your time. We'll do this again next month. Likewise, dude, as always, thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys next time.